Okay, let's go. Welcome to Seeing Things Differently. Loy Mess Across the Pond. With Kay and Cleves. And Angie and Kimberly. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Seeing Things Differently. And, of course, we are on our platform, so it's going to be very tidy. But we're going to talk about leisure, or how Cleves and T know it as leisure. You know, (laughs) what do we do for fun, hobbies, interests? But anyway, how have you guys been? Oh, good. Cleves is back to 100%, I think. Yeah. Yay, oh yeah, good. yeah. We've um, foot gate foot, since yeah. last time. Yeah, yeah. I'm back up and down the stairs. I'm yeah. Oh me, I'm I'm good. Fighting yeah. fit. We'll, we'll see how the recording goes. You might have an injury after this. So. No, don't jinx it. Also, oh. T, I want to congratulate you on the new puppy on Mister Super Ted. Thank you very much. He's doing very well. That's not uh, what we've Super been Ted. calling him. Super Ted is a great name, and he is a great dog. Yeah. It's going to take another three weeks to be fully qualified with him. Oh, it's been fun. good. It's been good. So we're, we're nearly there. He's a good lad. I think he's a little bit stupid, but that's fine. I can deal with that. <laughs> There's a phrase that's been bandied around, T, and it's that dogs <laughs> take after their owners. You said this in the <laughs> pub. I disagreed, and we moved on. <laughs> I'd bring up. Yeah, but you said that about your last dog that he was kind of hard to uh I don't know, shall we say Yeah, Wes is, don't get me wrong, Wes know. is stupid, but yeah if Wes was the bar, where would you say Ted is? Above or below? Under the bar, licking up oh, the drums. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> How does it work for you, Angie? Like when do they get like signed off? Um, so Draco and I will be a team. We well, we will be placed next next spring. The goal for him is to start harness training in the summer. So how old is he? He is nine months. He's gonna be ten months on March fifteenth. Nice. Oh, he's a little boy. Yeah, he's a little boy, and he he's doing so well. He uh, went on his first escalator ride for the first time and absolutely killed it. So Aww. he's doing great. That's good. Like me last week. Yay! <laughs> yeah, I loved it. That's awesome. <laughs> How's things, you, Kim? How's things going? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, I've listened to you guys this podcast and now i can finally tell your voices apart i could last time but (laughs) i'm kind of proud of myself (laughs) me and t find it weird because like in england my accent is so different to t's like he speaks slower he's got like a different drawl i can tell (laughs) both of those things are offensive oh yeah yeah in the uk Ah, oh, T's accent is slower. He talks like an idiot, like he has brain damage. That was what I was like. Yeah, yes, definitely. Yeah, and you, you speak like a shrill northern idiot. So let's not get into this. Right. Also true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can say the same. Well, I mean, oh my god. Like, well, there are accents here in the in the US that are like distinguishable, like somebody from the South. You know, within the state of Chicago, okay, I can tell you and Kimberly apart, like little little nuances, but even within like the county of Nottingham in England, if you go from one side of the county to the other, you can tell someone straight there and you're you're looking at like two or three miles apart. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's insane. That's interesting. And it's the same with London, like where my my dad (laughs) is from. Yeah, London, and (laughs) you have one area, you go to like, Highgate, and they go, Hello, I'm from Highgate. I own my house and I have a butler take out all my washing. But then you go two miles away and you, uh, you find like Hackney. It's like, You're all right, mate, you want to buy some speakers off a van? That's like two miles. 
That's all it is. It's like, wow, it's so ridiculous. It's probably that same book so we're selling the speakers. Instead of being like different state, it's within like miles of each other. That's nuts. I'm curious. How can you tell Kimberly and I apart? Again, it's sort of speech patterns. Do you know, for me, it's the edit. The edit's easy because I think I mentioned <laughs> this before. Like, well, the, way Ange, the, way, the way you speak, Angie, is you sort of... Um, you move words into to one another, whereas Kimberly, yeah. I, I, again, I don't know whether it's like the whole singing background, but she sort of takes a breath, speaks, and then we're done. Do you know what I mean? Like there's like a there's like yeah, a, she makes a, it makes yeah. a point it's of saying probably something. Probably because she's been saying. I mean, I sing too, but like I don't. I'm I I don't do choir or anything. So oh, I didn't sing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that. that yeah, that's what I was it, it's from what I knew from you guys. It's more of yeah. like it's more of like I'm. I just never really <laughs> talk about it, but yeah, I, like I don't. Kim, well. Kim's like more technical. I feel like she's she's no, she had is. that. Yeah, um... she is, and that's probably because she probably. Um, Kimberly, did you did you ever take voice lessons? Because I yes. never did. That's, there yeah. you go. Yeah, because because you took voice lessons, you know what I mean, and so they, you know, they teach you how to sing. They teach mm. you how to use your voice basically i'm originally from chicago and i'm also hispanic so <laughs> <laughs> that's a good so, point i, I feel like yeah, it would spanish put in more her first language pretty much so well i mean i learned spanish at home but then i started mm-hmm. school when i was three so i picked up english a lot faster than are i you did fluent in, are you fluent in spanish yeah i Andrew? am i am i actually am nice. i'm fluent in spanish I, in college, I actually had to take Spanish to learn how to read it and write it correctly Yeah, because yeah. I didn't know how to read it or write it correctly. And I kind of felt like, and, and that actually helped me a lot because I learned how to speak Spanish correctly. Not that I spoke it incorrectly, but I didn't want to just know slang or like, you know, Latin American countries are Spanish in Latin America, everybody, like, it's different. Yeah, You know, yeah, like, yeah, Mexican Spanish is very different than Spain Spanish. Mm. So, obviously, yeah. here in the States, when you learn Spanish, they teach you Spain Spanish. So, there are some things with, like, Spain Spanish that I'll never get because I don't, you you know, it's not my usual. But yeah. it it did help me a lot. And I did it because... If, you know, I'm looking for jobs and I'm applying for bilingual positions. And when I tell them I'm bilingual, I'm making myself more marketable. Definitely. Yeah. So <clears throat> I'm the yeah. opposite. I can read and write it, but I can't really understand it. I took two years of it. but Oh, wow. I, I did I, not know um, that. <laughs> I don't <laughs> know very many words. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't know you should crazy. read it or write it. Wow! All right, should we should we get on to episode? Okay, leisure slash leisure slash leisure. So shall we start off with Very sport? Because when people sure. think about leisure, I think about sport. Yeah, this is sports here: leisure time, baseball, football, both American and soccer. But I suppose my my thoughts are going to, like, what are available? So you have, like, various blind alternatives to sport. Of course, like, sports, they can be a little bit rubbish with what the offering is for, like, vision-impaired and blind people. But there are also instances where they're very accommodating, and that's really good. So I suppose if, if I start us off, I know Cleves isn't going to be the best for this because he is uh, a non-engaging person with a lot of these sort of Generally things. in life, or? No, I mean with sport. You're about as athletic as a brick. I did judo for like 10 years. I was oh, wow. a kid. Not blind judo. I wasn't blind by that point. But blind judo is a thing. And I did do blind judo for a fair amount of time. And... Essentially, it's the same sort of thing as regular judo, but you start in the clinch. That's what you do. You start just grabbing onto each other, and that's mm-hmm. fine. Like it's Paralympic sport, pretty good. I know America; they've got a, a good, good team as well, from what I've heard. I don't think they made any medals in the Paralympics last time, but they were quite competitive. 
Well, you guys had a whole thing about the Pan, uh, Pan American Games, and you had the guy on that had done judo, right? Yeah. Yeah. It must, it must be pretty... Uh, I'd say it's pretty readily available. In England, those sorts of things aren't massively available. Considering how short a landmass it is, to find blind sports within your area is actually pretty difficult. Because you've also had an episode on blind hockey, and the only place in England that does blind hockey is Oxford currently. And that is about... I mean, if you want, if, if you were blind and wanted to take public transport there you're probably looking at about three hour journey so it's not like it's around the corner and we have the national ice rink in nottingham as well and it's still not available it's only available at a university in in oxford yeah so is it more available in the us do you reckon if you want if you if you're blind and want to pick up a sport is it available in your area not really i'm thinking of at the moment i'm thinking of skiing and yeah. mm-hmm. we have events that are cross country or downhill that are with guides. And yeah. that's how Angie and I actually met. It wasn't, mm-hmm. it was in the state, but it wasn't like something we could take the bus to in our cities and do. We had yeah. to, it was, out quite a ways and in the middle of nowhere and um it was just for a weekend once a year but yeah and it wasn't it wasn't competitive it was like recreational and then there is um downhill skiing there is an event called the international ski for light that i've been to where angie and i met at the one that was in our state but that is since disbanded, unfortunately. But I went to the international one, and that was in Colorado in 2016. And that was fun. It was mostly cross-country, but they did do a day where they brought people to a ski hill, and you had a guide. And what I've heard is that you, like, each hold on to a hula hoop and yeah. go down the hill that way. That, that's awesome. Like. I suppose the fact I'm going to throw out is four years ago, we had a gold medal winner. It was guide skiing. They did it with a Bluetooth headset where the guide would go through and then just give narration to the blind skier behind. Unfortunately, what happened was the they crossed the line and the guide saw the time they had achieved it in, whereas they won the gold medal and not told the blind skier that they had finished the run. And they hit the wall at 60 miles <gasps> an hour. Oh my God. Oh no. She was okay in the end. Uh, I think she did have a couple of broken ribs scary. from it. But they oh. were so, I think that's the thing. They were so happy with the fact that they'd beaten that. I think they got the world record as well. I think it was slalom, wow. like blind slalom. And like the guide was oh. so happy. He was like, yes, we've done it. And never said, stop. Just to turn. Oh my God. As um, she hit the wall at like 60, oh 60 miles an hour. Um, she was fine after all. Like, I think she competed in the uh, Winter Olympics this year, which was great. Wow. I think she still did really well. So she bounced back, but okay. that's the risks that come with these sort of sports, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, but still, I mean, that's really not scary. Yeah. Mm. Is there many places around you that you think like, sports in your area that are just super accessible for blind people well, they did blind judo, judo in nottingham yeah and goal balls around as well and yeah blind crickets that's a big thing like we played i well i played blind I, cricket a lot so i used to play goal ball recreationally and this mm. was like oh man this was years ago and it was just like for fun and we would like a group of us would meet every Saturday and like you'd have to like register and like, you know, pay a fee to play and stuff like that. But it was, it was fun. Um, I don't know if they do it anymore. I know that in the summer, like there was like a sports camp type of event where like blind kids would go and learn about different blind sports and yeah. you'd get to play a little bit, but you know, I, I don't really follow it, so I don't know if it still happens or not. Yeah. 
But how about you? I know Kimberly? there. Are, I know there are beep baseball teams in wow. in mm-hmm. Wisconsin, and I know people go rock climbing to rock climbing gyms, and all you really need is to be told by the person who's belaying you and stuff. You know, yeah. there's a rock. I mean, how uh, does baseball work? Uh, I know we have like guided like climbing here, but I'm curious about how baseball works. Do you know much about that and how like the visually impaired baseball, like how that I, differs? I know it beeps and I know someone, shout out to Brandon, who is on a team. Um, I don't know if it's all blind people or it's just him that gets to beat baseball. I think they have accommodations where someone runs with you or something like that to the yeah yeah i mean blind cricket you've got got two versions of blind cricket um and this is also sort of a loaded conversation because not a lot of people get cricket in general let alone blind cricket well we have you know, the domestic game and that's what i played a lot of i use a bigger ball so i say it's around the size of it's around a small uh, basketball, I'd say. So not the size of basketball. If you half a basketball, it's around that sort of size. And it has uh, bells in it. And you have to have the ball bounce once before the batsman. So you throw it okay. sort of over your shoulder. And it's got to bounce at least once. And that's if you have some sight. If you have no sight, it has to bounce twice. Otherwise, there's no ball. It gives them plenty of opportunity to recognize the sort of like the direction of the ball and then they hit it. And then there's loads of other rules that go into it, but it's really good sport. I I played it for years and years, really enjoyed it at county level, which is essentially state state level, I suppose. Um, and I also played the international game, which is played well internationally, but it's very different, uh, where you play with essentially a baseball. But the baseball is made of plastic and it has ball bearings in it that makes it shake. And oh. you throw it like a bowling ball and then they have to hit it. So it's not really like cricket. There's a lot of debate about which is the best sort of cricket. And you don't want to be hit by that because it's made of plastic and it goes at around 80 miles an hour off of the bats. As you get that hit you, it hurts <laughs> a lot. <laughs> It's a horrible oh, wow. experience. Um, I had a concussion once from one where it hit me in the eye. <gasps> oh, my God. Was, I was lucky to not fracture my eye socket. And it made your face look better, though. Oh, it did make me look far more handsome than oh. I already am at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that was because I was going for trials at an England game. And I had one of the best English players in, well, in history. And he was batting and I was standing opposite him. And he hit the ball and it got me straight in the face. And oh. I don't remember half an hour after that. Like it hit me oh. and I was just wow. I remember I was just gone. Like there was there's just nothing there in my mind. Um so that was interesting. How would you know? Oh, wow. I was told. I tried, <laughs> I tried a um a different type of ball sport when I was in training called string ball. And it's where oh, one part of the string was like attached to the building behind you. And the yeah. other part was attached to this thing that the string wound around and you, uh, the other person, uh, another person on the team was holding and you yeah. had to be careful that the ball doesn't hit your fingers. And oh. a part of in the middle of the string is kind of like the part where, uh, if you go past that, that's a that's a home run, and yeah, you, yeah, you you just the ball, someone, the person with the handle thing, pushes the ball down. You hit it with the bat, and it goes flying to the other side with the person with the handle and the string, and then the teams just switch back and forth, and you get points and. I only played that once, but it was really fun. I wish like there were teams like that. I'd totally yeah. do that. What was the name of that? String ball. Okay, who was it? As as it says on the tin. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, thinking mm-hmm. of string, like, this is something that I've only realised uh, I've been aware of in the last few years. 
but maybe something that you could both incorporate is uh like darts like uh pub darts that where you have the dart board and like you've got three darts that sort of thing so you can play this as a vision impaired person because you get a pin and you attach a piece of string underneath the dartboard and the bit of string is as long as it needs to be to where you have like the oki where you have to stand and so you know exactly where the exact bottom of the board is but then you can print out sort of like very you get diagrams of where the numbers are so you can go okay this is the point where the string is the 20 is there 19 is there so you can base it off of that. So you have a feel of this chart and then you can go, okay, I've got to make it to 200. Like that's the score I need to get. But then you've got that string and you put it quite tight with your non-dominant hand. So usually your left hand and you hold that, and you know where the board is, at least the bottom of it. And then you can throw with your right hand because you've felt the diagram, you know where you're supposed to throw the darts. Okay. It's, it's very odd. I'm probably oh, wow. not explaining it the best way, to be honest. But it, no, is, a, it. it is a hmm. form of like darts which has been adapted for the vision pen and blind, which I've heard works quite well. Nice. You say it works quite well, but if I walked into a pub and there was a bunch of blind people throwing darts around, <laughs> <laughs> depends on the pub, then I'm not necessarily want to be in the general vicinity. Of yeah, I'm gonna throw at you. Okay, quick before right. we move on to hobbies and interests. So I'm very much a person who believes that any vision impaired and blind person can do whatever they want. I know this has always been sort of like in the UK, it's always a controversial thing. You rock up, you've got a long cane or a guide dog. I've done this a fair amount of times. And you're like, oh, I want to do this. And they're like, no, and turn you away. So I suppose, firstly, I want to know if that's ever happened to either one of you. But secondly, what would you do if there were no barriers? So if they down the road, there was no barriers at all, what would you be interested in doing? That's a good question. If you had a, if you had a choice of leisure activities, yeah, what would you do? Yeah. I want to do ziplining. Oh, you can do ziplining, surely. Even as soon as... Uh... Yes. Yes, I, I, I know you can. I do know of a friend who had a really hard time because people turned her away who were in charge of it because she was blind and oh, she had wow. to put up a fight about it. Wow. Uh, if there were no barriers, let me think. I want to go to a casino and like do the slot machines and stuff. I'll meet you in Vegas, Kim. Let's go. <laughs> You yeah. well, we you need know, to get we need to get a GoFundMe going, like see if it's definitely yes. Vegas special. That would be so me page. cool. Like we'll go to <laughs> Vegas and then oh, and then we should do like a dog thing too. See, yeah, hundred percent. Take the dogs around, get them like show them off. It's like hey, we're dogs in Vegas. We yep. <laughs> Okay, if we move on to general sort of leisure, hobbies, that side of things. So I want to know what we're all currently doing, what our leisure topics are, what we're doing day to day, what we've enjoyed doing in previous years, and how accessible they are, and like how easy it is to get into these sort of things. Oh, smart. Okay. So, Cleves, you're into music. Yeah, music is my... My jam, like we're literally sitting in an attic surrounded by CDs and this big <laughs> drum kit right there. Say, talk to the microphone, man. And um, <laughs> yeah, there's a bunch of amps and stuff in, in the loft where we are. And that, that's my jam. So I used to play in a band and what made it accessible for me was I never used to be able to see the microphone. So I used to sing, sing's a strong word, but I used to do vocals in the band that I was in. And uh, I used to get a glow stick and solid tape it to the mic so that I could see where it was throughout the set. Smart. Uh, that was all that I needed at the time. Yeah, that, that's, all, that's all I needed. Like, put the guitar in my hands and then solid tape the, the mic in place. And then that's it. That's, that's all it was. Good to go. It's, it's a good idea. Mm. Yeah. 
as long as you know where your general surroundings are, there's the main thing. Like the stage was, mm, the stage was sort of lit, but then I don't need to go any further than my microphone. If I was going any further than my microphone, then I know I'm on the floor and I've probably passed the stage and I will be, I've been in a full Madonna at that point and I don't <laughs> want to be doing that. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Play right. guitar, see where the microphone is, make the relative adjustments. Oh, actually my guitar as well. My guitar, sometimes if I don't know where the fretboard was, I used to um, get a Tipex. Remember Tipex, that white stuff that you used to put on paper if you made a mistake? You could... Oh, blob- the whiteout, yeah. Yeah, whiteout, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, blob- yeah. We, blob- we call it Tipex. Yeah, yeah. Blob-, blob it out with like white stuff. So it, it, it raises a dot. Um, and I used to put it on certain parts of my guitar so I know how far down the guitar I was um, oh. because it left a physical mark at the top. So I had to start a song. I knew I'd be starting at a certain point on the guitar uh, and then I'd go from there. But that, that, they, they were the two things that I made. That, I mean, I never used to drive the equipment to the venue. Everyone else used to drive that. Yeah. And um, whilst everyone else was setting up, I pretty much got smashed at the bar. And then turned up on stage and did the sound check, and away we went. Kimberly, you do a lot of arts and crafts, don't you? Oh, that's good. Yeah, one. I make necklaces or lanyards, keychains, bracelets, anklets, all those things out of Rex lace. It's this st- stretchy, plasticky yeah. string. And then I also do basket weaving. And then I also love to read uh, Braille books and listen to Braille books nice. and listen to podcasts. And then lastly, to go back to Cleves, I love to sing. I grew up singing, singing lessons, was in choirs, even freshman year, got singing lessons, even was in other choirs, went to another choir on my lunch break that was not as like the um, singers weren't as confident. So Mm. I would kind of, I was asked to come in and kind of be the- Whip them into shape. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of whip them into shape and be the strong singer that they needed. And then um, also I'm in my community choir when it's not COVID. And I have a friend, shout out to Karen, who- takes the music, sends me the lyrics, and then I put it on my Braille display and bring my Braille display to choir and then follow along with so I know the words. But I listen and then learn the melody along with it. But what's really difficult is that we have up to at least 12 songs for our Christmas concert to do. Wow. And I find it unfair because everyone else has their music in front of them and I can't do that so I have to memorize all the songs no one else has to you know what you should get extra mince pies that's what you need to get (laughs) yeah like some sort of bonus (laughs) you should get a bonus extra mince pies or something like that yeah and I try to do it well before the concert and everyone's like oh i haven't even done that yet it's like yeah you don't have to yeah you know like (laughs) of course you haven't (laughs) right yeah i definitely i definitely get the whole thing with memorize having to memorize things too because Mm. i actually play piano by ear so (laughs) i guess that's a hobby for me she's Um, really good at it man i haven't played in years yo between between our skills, between us, between skills, vocals, guitar, and sax, we basically make a great a band, reggae yeah. band. Yeah, yeah. What, what are my skills? Yep. Go on, say it. Sax. Sax. Yeah. Okay, that's that's not really a skill. So my hobbies, <laughs> <laughs> my hobbies include um, not playing piano by to. ear. That's a dating sign. Yeah, yeah. The is it, yeah, is it? singing. <laughs> Yeah, it is kind of like a dating site application. Playing piano by ear. (laughs) Oh, you you just reading off your Tinder right now, Angie? Is that what it is? No, I'm not. I'm not even on Tinder. I'll play your piano. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) And um, I I have uh, synthesizers that I like to play with. Um, They're a bunch of fun. And then 
I like to go for walks. I like to um, That's cook, don't train you? with my dog. What? You like cooking, don't you? Oh yeah, I love cooking. Um, cooking's just great. Baking, cooking, uh, working out. I used to. I wasn't like a complete gym rat, but I was definitely about the gym life. And then COVID hit, and I miss it. That's a weird, weird change in terminology. Like you say, gym rat, because that's like an American thing. We call them gym bunnies. Which sounds so oh, sweet. Oh, gym bunnies, that's so cute. I love oh, it. Oh, the gym bunny. And it's like, no, you, over there in the US, like, no, gym rats. They're disgusting. Yeah. They're sweaty. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love yep. that. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, I was, you know, I was definitely about the gym life. Um, so, working out. And then. And I don't. I honestly don't think I answered this, but the question you asked. So, if I wasn't limited to a sport, like I would play basketball because I loved basketball when I was a kid. And um, I think a, a, a sport that I would that I would love to do is martial arts or you know self defense. I used to choreograph my own dances to. The latest songs when I was in oh, middle I school. Oh, I remember that. School. Nice. <laughs> well, I mean, and, you also did it a little bit as an adult too, because I remember for like the talent yeah. show, like you used to. That's why I, I said I remember that because mm-hmm. I know you used to dance to like Britney Spears and. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. So, go on. Yeah. I'm yeah. No, it's all good, but I I can't find anyone in the city I live in that teaches hip hop dance because all my all my moves are like <laughs> 90s early 2000s and I'd be way outdating myself and so I really want to learn new dance moves because I used to study music videos yeah and so I really want to learn new dance moves but I can't find anyone that teaches that that kind of sucks because I feel like that'd be really accessible for everyone as well. Yeah, I kind of feel like mm-hmm. dance should be accessible because, like, I, you know, I'm trying to learn how to salsa and, like, I would love to learn how to tango, but it's just like, like, how do you find somebody like that can teach you how to dance and be descriptive instead of telling you, okay, move like this or I could teach you know, you yeah, this way or like that's why. I get it. Like, it's really hard for me to follow dances because I, you know, I don't know whether you're turning left or right, you know, and if you move too fast, like, I remember I tried doing Zumba um, at my local gym, and I got so frustrated because I was just like, I can't follow what people are doing. We've always got the Casper slide to fall back but, on. Yeah, but that. Oh that's no, yeah. I love, I love, the <laughs> I love those I dances. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah, it's 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 great. Like it's it's very unique. I think every I think we're all just very unique on what we want to do. Like Kimberly, you like to dance and sing. I like to dance and sing for fun, but like, you know, it's like if I go out and dance, or mm-hmm. you know, I like to bake and. We all like to listen to podcasts because, you know, we are podcasters. So that's another thing that I like to do in my spare time, too, is watch movies, shows. I think we all do listen to podcasts. And I'll sometimes I'll watch blind YouTubers, too, because I do it for content. I like and that's why I listen to podcasts, too, not just blind podcasts, but just any podcast because if it's something that we're interested in or just you know also for like content I mean because that's how I categorize my my podcast listening so like if I listen to a blind podcast I listen to it just for the sake of content like what are they doing and I'll either be like oh I'll tell Kimberly like hey we should talk about this or mm-hmm. we haven't we haven't um dived um into like this subject or you know or I'll think of like an idea that 
you know, we can get off them, but kind of make it our own and put our own spin to it. Or, you know, podcast, podcast listening, you know, just for fun. There's that too. It's all about itself. I didn't even really think about it, but yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, yeah, because I remember before I started, you know, I got the idea of a podcast. I was watching Blind Creators on YouTube. And I was just kind of like, well, I kind of want to do something. And I remember talking to one of my mentors. I'm like, I want to start a podcast. This is what I want to do. I want to have a woman as my co-host, blah, 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 blah. And then she's like, you know, just, just do it. Write down your proposal and do it. And then I spoke to Kimberly about it. And she's like, yeah, let's do it. And I'm like, okay. And yeah. we've been going for what, three years now? That's it. Like- yeah. I, I, I've literally just finished season one of your guys' podcast, hence why I know so much about oh, the sport and everything. Oh, episode was horrid. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't worry. You can only... Like, no, if you watch Seesaw, episode five is the first episode. We axed all of oh, our really? first... Yeah, yeah. yeah we, one we got to four are gone. <laughs> we, we, just, we, didn't, we didn't nail down the, the format. We didn't nail down the length of the episode. We didn't nail down sound what sound what we were doing it was just about it wasn't a mess but it was a <laughs> questionable it was yeah it was a learning yeah. curve yeah mm. and then i was still trying to like figure out how to edit too hey i mean i we we enjoy doing it and i'm glad that i have kimberly with me because she'll think of something that i don't think about or vice versa yeah, hundred percent. As long as you're enjoying it, that's that's the whole point, isn't it? Like you want to be enjoying it, and it is a hobby. And I think we all hope it becomes more than that. But ultimately, yeah, you need to go into. It I would with love that. for it too. But yeah, you, you need to go in with that as your mindset of something. It's something to enjoy. What else did we have on the docket for to talk about next? All right, let's round out by saying. Are there activities that you do currently that you would recommend to other blind people? Um, Just what you enjoy. Like, I enjoy crafting and I learned how to do it. And don't do something because someone else is doing it or someone tries talking you into it and you don't like it. Like, if there's a blind sports in your area and you try it and you don't like it, like it's supposed to be leisure. It's supposed to be recreational. Don't do something just because it's blind oriented. Find something that you enjoy. Yeah. But Kim, people are going to ask you, how do you get into like crafting? If you can't see what you're crafting. I got into it with lions camp with handicrafts. They taught us. And then I, Years and years later, I figured out how to acquire the items needed for to do basket weaving. And then I do uh, how I learned. I really wish there was a class in my area where I could learn how to do the more complicated weaving. But there is not. I would have to. It's not in my area. It's out of my area. Not even anywhere near it and I would feel that I would need more one-on-one attention that they wouldn't be as descriptive it's also a tough thing isn't it it's like getting that attention that you require like when I decide to learn judo and it's one of my hobbies that I haven't done for a while but I was it, the only vision impaired person in a group of non visually impaired people people like sightlings if we will Hmm. and we went at a pace which i felt was fine but at the same time i had to learn as i went sometimes we're very much i have to do this and this and there's very much okay that isn't working blatantly this is probably what they mean and granted i was quite good at it but it also meant i had to constantly go back to the sensei and say is this correct? Is this correct? Is this correct? And he did get a little bit sick of me. I, I know it was about no mercy, but at the same time, you need to know what you're doing before you can show mercy. 
What um, what sort of crafty things would you say are easy for um, visually impaired people to get into, Kim? Beading, jewellery making. Beating, excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Where are the children? <laughs> <laughs> Beads are... <laughs> have you heard the episode spare the rod spoil the dog <laughs> what about knitting or crocheting yes, I, I, know blind, I know blind people who do that knitting and crocheting oh yes yep. yeah mm-hmm. nice i would love to learn how to sew you know how to use a sewing machine and make my own dog bandanas hustle you know what i mean have a have a side hustle if you yeah, say if you make it out of like um Vegan materials or stuff like that. I bet you make a killing on that. Vegan. <laughs> you mean cotton? I I'd look, look, my everything's made out of like child-friendly vegan-esque materials now, right? And then you can charge a premium cotton. for it, and like charge thirty quid. Like, oh, you want this bandana for your dog? Thirty quid. But you probably <laughs> sewed it up in like two minutes. There you go, Angie. Just get some yep. vegan cotton because you know, <laughs> contrary yeah. to the other cotton that you put like beef yeah. into it you know yeah but no, yeah that's that's something that i would like to learn but i think kimberly already said it just do something because you want to do it and because you're passionate about it like I, right now i'm exploring on going to do something that i'm very passionate about but i mean i have to figure things out i have to talk to people and I also kind of have to see if my blindness isn't a hindrance you know for me to pursue this as as a as a job or as a career Um, what's that Angie dog training dog Dog training training. yes I I love I, I love it um when I got my first dog at 16 I took her to classes, but I also, I would practice, you know, I would work with her at home and I trained her. Same thing with my second dog. And I love teaching a dog basic obedience and tricks. It's fun for me. But the thing that I, the, the, the only reason why I'm wondering if, if me becoming certified to do it, I have to explore it a little more is just over the fact that you know, with dog training, you know, you you do have trainers who might work with dogs who are reactive or aggressive. And I can't judge body language from a distance. You need to be yeah. teaching you know, the husband so first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, let me let me train your husband. so like let's say for example you know if you're walking and you see a dog coming towards you like it's hard to tell that dog's body language it's hard to read that dog's body language so I mean I I want to see whether that would play a factor of you know with me being able to get certified because I don't think that I'd be able to work with dogs who are reactive or aggressive just not because I don't want to do it or not because I'm scared or I don't feel comfortable it's just yeah it would be very difficult for me to judge Mm. yeah to you know to see their body language like if I'm or for example a reactive dog you have to get their focus on you before the reaction occurs and yeah. that would be very hard for me to tell. I my first dog was reactive. She was dog reactive and I was young at the time so I mean it was very hard. It was my very first time you know dealing with a with a reactive dog and you know with a dog in general and I didn't know what I what I know now as far yeah. as that and and it was very you know, I did what I could to to make sure that when we were walking, if I heard another dog coming by, to to make sure that we were out of the way. But yeah, I mean, that's just my only concern that I would have for myself. But yeah, I'm definitely going to talk to a dog trainer in my area and 
see if I can shadow them, if I can, you know, what they would recommend and things like that. But it's something that I'm exploring and it's something that I definitely would like to do. Nice. T, is there anything that you want to do that uh, is easily accessible for people? So what I would say from my perspective, and this comes from working in leisure slash leisure, is that there'll be a lot of pushback depending on where you want to go or what you want to do. But at the same time, you need to be very persistent because there's a lot of things that are accessible to a lot of people, and that's regardless of disability. And if we're talking about visual impairment, there is no reason in a lot of cases why a lot of things should not be accessible. So zip lining, like was mentioned by Kimberly, there's no reason why that is not accessible. That's 100%. They can make allowances for that. It just comes down to laziness but there's things they can put in place for that to make it accessible. Similarly, with any sort of like hobbies or learning how to sew or to dog train, like Angie mentioned, 100% accessible. There's no reason why there are not schools, classes, online or otherwise, to teach vision-impaired people how to do that using entirely their hands. As you've shown, Cleves, like you've done music and you've made allowances for yourself with your gigs, that sort of thing, putting Tipex or Whiteout, wherever you are in the world, on your guitar, you memorise things like Kimberly does with her singing. That's what it comes down to. There are adaptations that we all do, and that's always 50% of things. Uh, when I used to play sport, it was all down to memorizing a lot of things, but then making it my own. And I did play for specific visually impaired teams, but at the same time, when I played judo, I, that was not visually impaired accessible. I just went there and said, these are the adaptations you need to make. Make them. And they did. And that's not going to be the case in all instances. Like sometimes people will push back and be like, oh, well, we're not going to do that. In which case, it's not worth your time. Don't give me your money. Move on. We're going to always be someone else who will take your money. Just make sure you're getting out of it what you want to. But ultimately, it's got to be down to what you want to do and what's accessible to you in that location. I think we haven't touched on it today, but getting to that place if you're going to a lesson, a class or a school or whatever it be, if you're not online, I think that's something that should always factor into your decisions. Make sure you can get there because then you'll keep it up. And that's always, I think that's tough in the US because you guys have like 100 miles between towns, whereas we can play in the UK. Oh, it's 10 minutes away. I don't want to do that on the bus. <laughs> and it's like, it's annoying. But I think that's what it comes down to. If you want to do something, there's no reason why it can't be done. Look at any Paralympian who's broken the mould. There's so many of them. Uh, I kickboxed and no one said I could do it, and I learned how to kickbox. And the person I trained with put me in a sparring match with someone who didn't know I was blind because he never told him. And I won. When we were doing points-based combat, I beat him. At the end, when we were both exhausted, he was asked, what did you notice about the other fighter? And the guy went, well, he's fast and he's very reactive. And then the instructor was like, you know, he's blind and he just dealt with you based on sound and smell and still beat you. I was like, mm -hmm. well, he's like, I had no idea. It's like, it's a lie. And he went, no, the dog in the corner is his guide dog. Like, look over there, that's his harness. Like, he is 100% blind. Uh, you got just beaten by a blind man who's been doing this the same amount of time as you. So based on that, there's no reason why you can't do anything you want to do. Like, right. Just do it. Yeah. hundred percent. I don't accept no barriers because there's always someone else, else out there who will take your money to do your hobby ultimately. Yep. And that's what it comes down yeah. to. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, you, you raise a very, a very very good point but yeah no this was a really really good episode guys i really enjoyed it it was fun talking about what 
our interests are, what blind sports there are for blind people in our respective countries. And we definitely need to record more episodes like this again. Hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah. 100%. Awesome. All right. Well, this concludes our episode, folks. I hope that you've enjoyed listening to us talk and our banter. Um, This has been a wonderful series, and we don't think it'll be over anytime soon because there are definitely a lot more things that we can talk about and compare and contrast between the two countries. Um, Not just the blind aspect, but food and culture and things of that nature. But you guys know where to find us. Listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Find us on Facebook, Twitter. You can email us and be sure to listen to Seesaw. Um, Go to their page. These guys are great to listen to. And we enjoy listening to them as well. And where can they find you guys? You can find us at Seesaw Podcast or Seesaw Pod on any social media that you care to look at. Just search one of those two. You'll always find us. Usually Seesaw Podcast, but you'll find us on anywhere if you put that in. Cheers, Angie, and cheers, Kim, for having us on. It's It's been awesome. Yeah, Thank definitely. You. Awesome. Thank you for listening to Seeing Things Differently. Blindness Across the Pond. With Kay and Cleves. And Angie and Kimberly. You can find us on the following social media. Seesaw Podcast at gmail.com and Seesaw Pod on Twitter. And you can find us at Facebook at This Is What Blind Looks Like, Twitter at Blind Looks Like, and you can also email us at This Is What Blind Looks Like Pod at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs>